Hello and welcome to the Yellow Podcast. My name is Julia and today we are here with a South African-based photographer who is actually from the UK. Uh, we talked about how important it is to use your voice to influence people or educate someone about things that really matter. We talked about social media, photography and coffee, of course. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the Yale podcast. Thank you to everyone who left a review so far or shared the Yale podcast on their stories. It means so, so much to me. Thank you guys. So the Yale podcast is up next. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, not at all. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally made time for this. Dan, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Who I am. Um, so my name is Dan Carter um, from the UK, and I am a freelance photographer. I've been a photographer for like four or five years now. So freelancing also known as surviving, <laughs> just, <laughs> just staying alive, you know? But yeah, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Just getting by the freelance <laughs> photographer life. You know how it is. It's not as glamorous as yeah. it looks. Oh, that's, that's so true. And um, how, how about your beginnings? How did you get into it? When did you first pick up a camera? Yeah, gosh. Um, it was probably, as I say, like maybe four or five years ago I think like to be honest I wasn't that interested in photography <laughs> I was more um, pursuing the lifestyle of a freelancer I wanted to be my own boss I wanted to have flexible hours um, and I was just at a stage where I was studying and not really enjoying it not knowing what I wanted to do and for me it was just so appealing that I could um, I could, yeah, be my own boss. And I love the idea that the more kind of work I put in, the more I get out of it. And so mm -hmm. I'm like quite self-motivated. So if someone's telling me to do something, it doesn't really have any impact on me. But if I'm telling myself like, cool, I'm going to set these goals. And if you work harder, you're going to earn more money. That really appealed to me. So I think that was what sort of got me interested. And then I just fell in love with photography as the years went on, I just fell in love with storytelling. I love the idea that as a photographer, you, you have the, the privilege of telling someone's story or redefining um, how someone sees a place or, yeah, just, just being able to, to change people's mindsets. When you, when you started getting into photography, you said it was, it was more like you fell in love in the process because you just saw that you were doing better with it and you saw that you can earn money with it and just the whole lifestyle that comes with it uh what were like the challenges in the beginning yeah definitely i mean i totally didn't know what i was doing <laughs> i was faking it <laughs> faking it till i made it but you know like i still feel like that as well i genuinely think like if any photographer thinks they know everything or feel like they've made it, then they're probably not as good as they think they are <laughs> because like <laughs> there's always something to learn. Like I'm always learning. I don't think I'll ever feel like I've arrived in terms of photography. 
Um, mm -hmm. And so like back then it was, it was a case of just making sure that people believed me when I told them I was a good photographer. Like I would literally sit in cafes and the, how I got my first few jobs was I would sit there, I would sit with a coffee, kind of pretending to work. <laughs> um, and I'd, just have, I'd have my camera on the table and that would just start conversations. So people would come up to me and be like, oh, are you a photographer? I'm looking for a photographer. And that's how I got my first few jobs. And it's really a case of like just being kind of confident enough to make people believe you know what you're doing. Um, and it's still kind of like that. I won't lie. It's, half of it is just making people believe that you're worth investing into. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of you just learn as you go. Like, as I say, you're always learning. Mm -hmm. And were you creative as a kid or was it just something that you learned by doing? I was always really into art and design, um, enjoyed that at school a lot. Um, and I was going on to study art at one stage, um, but I was also quite academic. Like I, I didn't really enjoy it, but I was good at maths and economics. And um, so I was kind of torn between like a business route or an art route. And yeah, but neither one kind of, kind of fitted the mold if you know what I mean um mm. I wasn't super passionate about either of them I was just good at them so it made it really tough when it was coming to the stage of okay you have to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life is how <laughs> people make you feel when you're leaving school and um yeah. you just fall into whatever category seems to fit and you like you just pushed into it and then you yeah you're in at the deep end and you maybe you're in a position where you don't really love what you're doing. And that definitely happened to me. So I kind of just had to find my way. And now like it feels like freelancing is this perfect kind of mold between business and art. And you get to kind of, when, you, when you're self-employed, you, you get to take all the aspects of things you like and draw them together. And then the things you don't mm -hmm. like, you hopefully end up just employing someone else to do, <laughs> like the admin stuff. Mm -hmm. I suck at admin. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, like, I have always really enjoyed the photography side. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've always been very creative and I never really liked the business part. But mm. just with time, I saw that it was necessary. Mm -hmm. And at some point... Like I started enjoying it and I was like, this is actually fun. Like this is, this is giving me a lot of experience that I can just apply onto other things. And definitely, so, yeah, it's, it's something you like the business side of photography is you just learn it through experience. So you can't really open a book and no, study 100%. it. Like no one tells you how much you're supposed to charge. You start off as a yeah, photographer exactly. and you're literally plucking numbers out of the air. Like no, there's no, there's no set, there's no set amount. I wish there was just a guidebook when I started as a photographer, which said you're supposed to charge this. Um, but you do learn over time. Like I think what I've learned when it comes to, especially when it comes to my rates and and knowing what to charge, I think you just have to learn to to value yourself and to value your time. And like yeah. over the years, your time becomes more valuable to you. So to begin with, you're going to be doing shoots for, for cheap because your time mm. isn't as valuable um, because you don't have the experience. And then as the years go on, you start to think, actually, 
my time is worth more to me than doing this job. And that's when you know you're charging too cheap. And so that's like the business side in terms of knowing your rates, I think is so hard to master. Um, and look, mm. we still get it wrong sometimes, I think. Um, yeah. But you start, to, you start to understand it a bit more, I think, as the years go mm. on. That, that's a really interesting view on it. Like, I never really, like, thought about it that way. Yeah, someone once said to me, um, or I, it might have even been on Twitter or something, but she said, like, <laughs> if I can, she said, if, someone, if someone's being employed to email you and to ask you uh, about doing work for them, then they can't say they have no budget. <laughs> because this person mm -hmm. is being employed to ask you so and that made so much sense to me i was like because all of these companies who say oh we can give you this but we don't have budget to pay you the person who's emailing you is being paid so <laughs> if they say they don't have yeah. budget it's a lie and the the problem is is if you if you agree to doing something for nothing this company is only going to value you as nothing they're not gonna in a year's time they're not going to suddenly say oh, now, now you're worth something to us because you've already set your, your worth to them as zero. So it, I think it's much better to, and it's hard to begin with because you want the experience, but I think it's much better just to say, actually, no, this is my rate. And if you can't afford it, that's okay. Maybe next year you're going to be able to mm -hmm. afford it. Um, so that, again, is just something I've learned over the years as well. That's that's also really really interesting. I I often have these uh, kind of conversations with people, and everyone tells me, yeah, I I like if I look back, uh, there's so many jobs that I just, you know, I did it for free because uh, mm -hmm. I I wanted the experience or I wanted to you know shoot something for the portfolio. Which mm -hmm. of course in the beginning you just don't know any better. And 100%, yeah, if of course if you can start building a, portf a portfolio maybe you do the first job for for free and then the second job you you already have some photos to show exactly and then you you charge a little bit yeah. and then you just you just keep charging and charging and yeah. you know sometimes are those big jobs where you're just like wow I, ca I can't believe that that i i like that they think you're worth um, that my work yeah <laughs> yeah like it's sometimes so it's, it's just crazy but you know for them what they are actually getting out of out of you is just so much value and yeah i think we always underestimate it yeah we definitely do like just learning to value your craft like you're going to create something that no one else is going to create they might do something similar mm -hmm. but they're not going to do the same so like having having unique work is just such a selling point i think hmm yeah that's that's so true so do you do you shoot anything from lifestyle to portraits to landscape what is your like favorite type of photography um i think i started off like mostly shooting landscapes but recently like over the last couple of years i've just loved shooting portraits um, mm -hmm. I just like, for me, it's, it's not, it's not about getting this perfect photo anymore. It's like, it, like if my photo doesn't evoke some kind of emotion from someone who's seeing it, then for me, it's failed. Like I really want to be able to, to move someone or like to, to just make them feel a certain way. So mm -hmm. like recently I've loved just coming up with a concept. So I'll, I'll maybe, 
have a concept based on a phrase or like a moment that's inspired me and then I'll shoot around that. So like for instance, I just over the last like few months in South Africa, there's been there's been quite a um some crazy things that have been happening in the news and um and there's like a phrase that that's been used a lot about like men needing to rise up in the country. And so this this like phrase of rising up I wanted to take mm-hmm. that and use it in in some of my shoots, and so, like, I took uh, one guy to the to the dunes. I'm pretty sure you went to the dunes when you were in Cape Town, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah it was beautiful that place. And so we mm-hmm. had him like running through. So this phrase was like, um, you got, like you got to rise up and 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 don't run from what you you're called to. So the idea was that he would be running through these dunes and like rising up out of the sand and it just came together so nicely for me because I had a concept and then I saw it through to completion so like that is what I love now is being able to come up with this concept and then seeing it come to life and that for me Mm -hmm. is like where I'll look at a photo and I'll be like this may not be the perfect photo but it was successful because this is what I kind of wanted the story I wanted to tell so Mm -hmm. it's become much more of a concept yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you like put your whole energy into one idea, and even if it like maybe doesn't turn out exactly the way you imagined it, you mm-hmm. just learn so much through just executing it. And the next time you have another idea, you maybe go different about it, and you just get so much better results. And it's yeah, it's it's just all about trying. Exactly. Yeah, it's so true. And also people don't know <laughs> what you wanted to get out of it. So for, for them, they didn't see what was in your head. And it's never going to look exactly as you had in your mind. Um, but for me, as long as it still is telling that same story, then then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, South Africa. You recently moved there, right? I have. It's really scary. I'm like... <laughs> I'm so not used to commitment. I've been traveling for so many years and now I'm like in a 12 month lease and I feel like I'm growing up quickly. Um, But yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Like I went to South Africa for the first time six years ago and like I knew I wanted to to live there before I had even arrived. Like it was always something (laughs) that was like tugging on my heart and then I arrived and it was just everything that I wanted it to be like it's definitely not perfect there's a lot of work to do um Mm. but that's what I love like there's something so special about this country and I'm super optimistic about its future like I love the place I love the people and yeah it's exciting like it's just become I think when you're traveling all the time like it, it can feel a little bit like me focused if that makes sense like it's just about what I want to do like I want to go here I want to go there and I don't have any commitments, like no one knows whether I'm in the country or not, but now I have roots and I have responsibilities and like I'm teaching photography in a place called Google and like stuff like that really. Mm. Um, I love stuff like that. Like that is definitely um, gives me a lot of, a lot of happiness. I I remember the last time that we hung out, uh, you told me that you started your own company, the Carter Culture, where you Mm. want to, kind of combine your passion of photography with your passion for coffee Mm -hmm. uh can you tell us a little bit about that yeah sure so 
Carter culture is 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 still evolving. Um, it's I'm kind of letting it letting it evolve over time, trying not to rush it because it's something I really want to be able to sustain. Um, it's essentially at the moment it's it's just an online platform, but it's going to to kind of evolve into a brand ideally in January where we're going to hopefully sell some products and sell some coffee. Um, and it's just going to be a brand focused around like storytelling within the world of coffee. Um, but that's like a secondary purpose. Like its main, its primary focus right now is that we're hoping to partner with either cafes or just spaces in townships in the Western Cape. So Kailiche, uh, Gugletu, and uh, a couple of others, and just to be able to provide some training facilities. So people mm-hmm. can train to be baristas there, uh, and then they can hopefully go into some full-time employment straight off the back of their training. So that's like our long-term goal. Um, that'll probably only be in maybe a year's time. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Like It's exciting for me to be able to just put my my time and effort into something that feels just like bigger than just me you know Mm -hmm. so would you say you are a coffee fanatic (laughs) i think it's fair to say that yeah (laughs) and where did you drink the best coffee (sighs) best coffee um gosh I had some great coffee when I was in Melbourne. Melbourne is one of my favorite cities. But you know what? It's actually, it's more about like, it's not just about the coffee. It's about the environment. It's about who you're drinking it with yeah. and where you're drinking it. Like we went to mm-hmm. um, we went to Rwanda this year and last year as well. And we took with us um, coffee that was grown in Rwanda, in the north of Rwanda, in a place called Musema. Um And we went back to the washing station where the coffee was was grown. And we sat and we watched the sunrise and we sat on the coffee farm and we drank the coffee there. And so for me, like, that's probably the best coffee I've had because it was like taking this coffee back to origin. And we shared it with the coffee farmers who had never tasted their coffee before. Um, oh, wow. I mean, they hated it, but... <laughs> it <was laughs> okay. like, <laughs> no it was like it was such a cool moment because it brings it back like it, when you're drinking coffee you become so detached from um just like the source and from where this coffee's come from like the, the it's crazy what this coffee goes through um from from the farm to to your kitchen so it's really cool to just trace it back to it, to the farm it was grown from and to sit there and to drink it with the the farmers who are growing it It was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, it all comes back to the bigger picture and the storytelling and Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely like where I see the cardiculture thing coming into play because there's so many there's like so many opportunities just for storytelling, especially within coffee. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting approach. I I, I really love that. Um you said that it's it's gonna it's for now it's a online community so you're basically um just creating a social social media kind of profile Mm -hmm. do you think social media is changing this world for the better or do you think it's uh (laughs) that's such a such a classic question um (laughs) you know 
this ad- <laughs> now you're going to get me on a tangent the I get so frustrated with people's views on social media, okay? Because there's people like us who we, like, earn our living through social media. So for us, like, we see so much good in it. And there is so much good in it. Like, I mean, we've both, we met through social media, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I've met some incredible friends through social media. I'm so inspired by people I follow on social media. But then there's the other side of it, and there's people who who feel incredibly self-conscious because of social media. And so I think it comes down to like, I think as a society, we've just given social media far too much power. Um, Like we need to just realize that social media is just a tool. And so however you use the tool determines, determines how it affects you. You know, like if you're gonna, you're gonna use a hammer to freaking break down a shed, then you're going to destroy it. Or you could use it to, to nail this shed together you know so like if you just see social media as a tool and stop giving it so much power it has the opportunity to inspire people like for me I want my platform to to change the narrative of like South Africa or to change the narrative of Southern Africa like I go to these places I don't I've just been to Malawi I don't want people to see Malawi just as this place which is in desperate poverty and the only time you can go to southern africa is for volunteering or for like charity i want to use social media to change the narrative of those places and so you can use it for for such good um we -hmm. just have to stop giving it power like we need to i think accept responsibility for our own actions and just say like this is how i'm deciding to use social media and if i use it in a good way it can totally change the world uh for the better but it's just full of people who are using it for for the wrong reasons, you know? Mm, yeah, I feel like because there's also so, so much content of all kinds of things on social media, it's like you get so easily distracted from the things that really matter. And mm. yeah, I feel, I feel like if there was more focus um on things that matter and and things that are important that there would be a different light on it definitely yeah it's so true and i think like i think our generation in particular we we feel like everyone wants to hear what we've got to say (laughs) so we love social media because it's like we feel like our opinions are so important and sharing them on social media is like sharing our opinions with the world so I think we just have to just chill a little bit and just see it for what it is. Like for me, like I'm not on Instagram every day. I'm not on Instagram all the time. I just, I, for me, it's like a, a place to share my ideas. It's a place to share stories and, and that, and get inspired by other people's stories. And that's it. You know, like I think we just give it far too much, too much credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish I could say that because I really feel that it is consuming me, mm. or like it used to like really really consume me a lot. Now I I've kind of stepped back a little bit just because mm. I wanted to just focus on different things that I'm that I'm doing. But yeah. yeah, at the same time, sometimes you just sit down on the couch and you look at your phone, and then suddenly there's an hour gone where you were just yeah. watching. I don't know, nothing really. It's tough though, because like in your case or in our case, it's like the more you're on social media, 
the better in terms of work. Like it is work. So for you to be mm -hmm. engaged on social media, like there's a direct benefit from that, which is that you're probably going to get more work. So I think it's just yeah. about finding a balance, I guess. And I guess it's different for everyone. You also go through seasons, like you go through stages where it doesn't really affect you and you go through stages where you're on there all the time. Um, I mean, I've just moved into this apartment in Cape Town and I don't really have Wi-Fi yet and it's beautiful sunshine every day. So <laughs> I don't really have much time to go on social media. So I guess that's also a factor. Maybe when I'm back in the UK for winter, I'll probably be on social media a lot more. <laughs> Escaping yeah. the cold. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, well, when I'm traveling, then I'm definitely not as much on my yeah. phone as when I'm at home, just because. Yeah, you're busy doing other things, and exactly. Yeah. Do you have any plans to come to Cape Town soon? Uh, no plans yet, yeah. but I I would love to go back. Like I really really enjoyed the city and just South Africa in general. It's a beautiful place and. Um, because I just got so many messages of people not or like hesitating to go there because just of stereotypes and crime and yeah yeah look like I think you can't deny the reality that um, that it is it can be dangerous um, there is a lot of crime um, like I think Cape Town gives you this um it's like you become a little disillusioned because you think it's a first world country um, because Cape Town feels so Western. Uh, but the reality mm -hmm. is there's like incredible, um, a, an incredible gap between rich and poor. So of course there's going to be crime. Of course there's going to be poverty. Um, but I think like it's also the most beautiful place. And if you're careful and you're here as a tourist, you're going to be totally fine if you're if you take the necessary precautions i think it's mm -hmm. different when you live somewhere it's very different um but as a tourist um if you're careful i really think you'd have no problems at all it shouldn't it definitely shouldn't stop you from visiting as you you've been living in cape town for or like revisiting cape town for many years now do you still have it like in the in the back of your mind that it is dangerous or do you take it more easy when you because you you like yeah, live there i mean i the way i act in cape town is very different to the way i would act in london for example mm -hmm. um i think everyone is very um aware like i'm not in denial that there is crime here um but mm -hmm. for me like I mean, one one of the reasons I want to be here is because there's so much like work to do. There's so much to be done. Like, if you invest in in these like poor communities, then that's the only way that they're going. The the crime is going to be reduced. So, for me, like, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Um, I've, maybe for a few years, like, I'd ha happily live in Johannesburg. I'd happily live maybe Malawi or Rwanda, but like I could always see myself just coming back to, to Cape Town. Someone, someone's, I read, I don't know where I read it, but I read somewhere the other day, um, someone said that there's nothing more dangerous than a man without a burden. So for me, like my burden is just rebuilding, rebuilding life in Cape Town. So um, 
this is just where I want to be. And for a lot of people, I think the crime is what puts them off and the the poverty and the, the huge um, disparity between rich and poor is what puts them off. But for me, it's definitely something that keeps me here because it's something that I can have a, hopefully have a positive impact on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, a beautiful thing, actually, that you are taking on this mission uh, just because you want to like help out other people and show the world kind of through your photography or through mm. your work or what you do that you know that there is also good parts um yeah. to to it and that you want to help where you can and yeah that's that's really um inspiring yeah, like, I mean, some of my biggest inspirations in terms of photographers um, are from township areas across South Africa. Like, I think there's there's definitely this this feeling or this stereotype, I guess, um, amongst white South Africans that the townships are always the most dangerous place in the country. But like some of my favorite photographers are just actually just challenging those views. There's a guy called Andile Bala and you can find him on Instagram. Um, but he mm -hmm. is from Soweto and he takes so many beautiful photos of Soweto. Um, and like he said to me when, when he was in Cape town recently, he said, we can't always choose where we find ourselves, but we can choose what stories we tell. Uh, and we can choose mm -hmm. to seek the beauty everywhere we go. And for me, that was awesome because he's not, he's not saying that Soweto doesn't have crime, but he's saying that like for him, he's going to use his, his influence. He's going to use his photography to tell the, the beautiful stories. And I think we need more of that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Just, just, it just, you know, comes back to what we said earlier, like using your influence or just social media for something good and just inspiring people to you know just even if it's something small just like being nice to someone because there also is you know a lot of hate on mm -hmm. social media in general and it's just also unnecessary yeah and, it's crazy yeah yeah i think it just comes down to like where do you find your worth like do do you do you find your worth in people's opinions of you or, or do you find it elsewhere? Like if, if people, if you're going to be affected by negative comments, then I think you're looking in the wrong places for, for, mm -hmm. for how you see yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, coming back to South Africa, have you traveled a lot in South Africa and, or just in Africa in general, is this something you want to, explore more of yeah 100% so probably in the last year I've traveled more in Africa than I have anywhere else so I've this year I've been to the Ivory Coast which is like West Africa um, I've been to Rwanda Burundi Tanzania and Malawi and obviously South Africa um, I think that's all of them so yeah I, I the one that's that's really missing for me is Ethiopia. Uh, I really, really mm -hmm. would love to go to Ethiopia soon, but yeah, like again, I go to these places and I just, I see them and I'm like, 
no one ever told me this about Malawi. Like, all I've heard of mm-hmm. Malawi was that it's where UNICEF have set up all of these wells and it's, it's, it's full of charities. And I never knew Malawi was this beautiful place. I never knew there was Mount Mulanji, which is this huge mountain you can go and hike in and, and you can stay in mountain huts for the night. Like, like no one ever tells you that about Malawi. And so like, I love being able to travel through Africa because especially Southern Africa, because there's so much beauty there and it feels like that little bit more undiscovered um, than when you travel in Europe, for example, sometimes you feel you get to a, you get to a beautiful photography spot and there's 20 other photographers there. You don't get that in Southern Africa. Um, and there's just this raw beauty. So I would just love to keep traveling through Southern Africa and up into East Africa as well. So yeah, definitely Ethiopia and Kenya are very high on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think traveling through Europe, for example, has gotten so easy and comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. because you just like know that you're going to um, like find a town where you can buy food and yeah, like, you yeah. just, you know, you're 100% sure that it's going to be open. And if not, then there's going to be a gas station or something, you know? And if you're in a remote place like that, you are just like, like living more in the moment because you're so much more aware of where you are. And yeah, it's, it's it's a beautiful way of traveling. Um, It is. And I think, yeah, people in general are just a little bit more scared if you, say in vertical as africa they're like ah this place is Mm going to be crazy um but yeah like for me at least i can only speak from the experience i've had so far and it's africa where i've just or east africa in particular um is where i've just experienced the most welcoming friendly people who if you break down on the side of the road they're the first ones to come and help you um and yeah, you it it is that little bit more adventurous, you know. Yeah. Oh, where do you think this? Like, how how did this passion for Africa or South Africa start? Like, did you just randomly book the ticket and then found yourself in South Africa and said, "Yes, this is it"? Or how did that start? Yeah, I'd I'd always wanted to to visit South Africa. Um, I'd read so much about it. Um, and I, yeah, I just really felt, felt on my heart that it was where I wanted to go. And so I just took the plunge and went for it. And yeah, the first time I came, I was like, this is definitely, this is definitely where I want to be. Um, and then as I got more comfortable in South Africa, I was like, there's, there's this whole continent to discover. There's this whole continent to explore. Um, and I've just, for some reason, for some unknown reason, just become obsessed with the beauty of this continent. Like, it is the most beautiful place I've ever been. And every single country is just so different. Like, you go even from Burundi to Rwanda, and they're such small countries. Um and you can just cross the border so quickly, but you go into Rwanda from Burundi and it totally changes. And it's like, we, we speak of Africa as almost this place sometimes, especially in the Western world. And you're like, but it's so, it's so different and unique everywhere you go. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I like, I, as I said, there's, there's, there's nowhere I'd rather be than South Africa. And 
yeah, I'm, I'm super happy here. So I'm going to stay as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to do like a, a proper um, safari, like seeing uh, mm -hmm. animals in the wild and that's definitely high on my list to do um and yeah just I, I don't know I always love like going to a new place where that you like have no image of and then mm -hmm. you find yourself there and, and you like have this total new perspective of it and yeah like Africa is definitely somewhere where I I also want to see a lot more of especially mm -hmm. after being in South Africa and Namibia and yeah, it's, it's, ama it's an amazing place. It really is. I still haven't done Namibia, so you're going to have to show me the spots there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. Are there um, any dreams or visions for, for the future for you or any jobs coming up this year or are you pretty much done? No, I have a few jobs left for, for this year, which we're still kind of working out. Um, but yeah, I guess dreams and visions for the future probably lies more in Carter culture and just seeing that evolve mm -hmm. and seeing where that's going to take me. Um, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on it. So just keeping the photography as my bread and butter, but yeah, trying to put as much time into Carter culture as I can, but I just want to build something which is like bigger than me. I want to build something that's just not focused around me and my photography because like even just from a economic point of view, like you can't scale yourself. <laughs> so like I can yeah. only do so much. We can only go so far if what we're building is focused around us. So like I would love to just to build something that is just yeah, focused around this Carter culture idea of telling stories and and upskilling upskilling people in the coffee world and just seeing where it goes mm. but yeah if I can just keep spending time in South Africa and hopefully still doing a lot of travel jobs because I I love doing those as well then I'll be super happy mm. what about that you that sounds amazing uh I'm going to Iceland as I told you yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, and then and then I'm basically well I actually have no jobs for the rest of the year because I um didn't want to take any because I'm just kind of done for this year mentally because yes. uh, this year has been pretty crazy in terms of traveling mm -hmm. so yeah I I also just moved into my new apartment yeah and I've been really enjoying it yeah I've been really enjoying being at home so yeah after Iceland I'm, I'm just gonna stay home and record podcasts maybe make some YouTube videos work on my website and just yeah enjoy being at home that's so cool it's so good for you as well just to have that rest like traveling is awesome but it does take it out of you for me just having this space in Cape Town like having my own place has just been the most refreshing thing just feeling like mm -hmm. I have I have a base here and I can build roots and like you can't always build when you're traveling the whole time. So just to lay down some foundations is is the most refreshing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I was I was traveling so much like 
this year and at some point I was just like not enjoying it anymore because it was just too much like I was enjoying it but I couldn't fully take in what was happening because everything was happening so fast Mm -hmm. and once I was back home and I looked at the photos I was like oh wow I totally forgot that we visited this place or or this happened you know and yeah that kind of never happened to me before Mm -hmm. so I definitely don't want to do three different countries in a row again I I really (laughs) enjoy taking like a week or two off and then you know fully like I don't know just thinking about everything that happened and processing everything I think it's really important because at some point you're just gonna like not appreciate anything anymore definitely I think like a few of the jobs I've done where they've been with tourism boards you like you're shipped from place to place or even sometimes country to country in like two days in each place and you really don't get a chance to experience much at all so and it is exhausting so I totally get that I feel like people will say don't complain you're traveling it's the best thing ever which is also true (laughs) (laughs) I understand what you mean like yeah you Mm -hmm. everyone needs a break you know even if you you're living your dream and you're doing your your favorite job in the world you still need Mm -hmm. time to rest in order to appreciate it yeah I mean I'm grateful for everything and every opportunity I get but if you can't fully experience like experience Mm -hmm. and realize what's happening it's like almost not a waste of time but it's just like you could um like invest your time so much better if you just were more present and not tired and thinking about sleeping that's so true you and yeah you make the most of it if you're not if you're not half asleep (laughs) yeah well then thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was really nice talking to you um people can find you at dan carter on instagram right that's right yeah and yeah i wish you all the best for your um carter culture and hopefully we get to catch up sometime again yeah that would be awesome thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun to to just catch up actually <laughs> just have a chat yeah. over a nice coffee which i'm having now you've probably heard me slurping through this entire podcast <laughs> sorry about that um but yeah hopefully i'll see you maybe in the dolomites again or maybe somewhere somewhere around the world yeah hopefully Definitely. all right thanks so bye, much bye bye